John Muir Show. It is 10.06 a.m. And in various ways, as this show is noted, Democrats have tried cheating in past elections. And based on what we've seen in recent months, uh, they are trying to cheat in some upcoming elections as well, in our 2020 elections. Uh, Of course, in the past, you've had things like failed 2016 Democrat presidential nominee Hillary Clinton and various friends of hers colluding with various foreign entities, uh, Russians, Ukrainians, uh, the British. Uh, You've also had these efforts to eliminate things like voter ID and proof of residency restrictions. And now it's possible that... Democrat elites go back to some of those wells for the remaining elections this year. Uh, But there are also some new ways that the Democrat Party is trying to cheat in our federal elections. One of those ways is by implementing nationwide uh, this practice called ballot harvesting. And... This is a practice that, in the past, in certain states, has actually been used by both Democrats and Republicans, and it's obviously equally appalling when it's been done. Uh, But now it is the Democrat Party that's trying to implement this ballot harvesting practice in places throughout the country. Uh, For those who are not familiar, ballot harvesting involves an activist going door-to-door and essentially... That activists can fill out the ballots of unsuspecting individuals and then take those ballots with them, return ballots in bulk to the clerk's office for those ballots to be counted in the election. So essentially, it's like the activist voting X amount of times. Fortunately, there is a group here in the state of Wisconsin that is seeking to prevent the possibility of ballot harvesting in the Badger State. That group would be the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Lucas Weber is with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and he joins us now. Uh, Lucas, thank you very much for your time today. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the program, John. Well, thank you. So if you could start by uh, telling us about the action that the Wisconsin Institute has taken pertaining to ballot harvesting. Yeah, so as you said, this has been something that's kind of been sweeping the nation uh, as absentee voting becomes, you know, more popular given COVID. And, you know, we saw 75% of ballots cast in April were via absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. We expect that to continue in the fall. Uh, it's more important than ever that our election process be as secure as possible. Uh, and to that end, uh, Wisconsin law is, we believe, clear, but uh, could use a little bit of clarification on whether ballot harvesting is lawful here in the state or not. Um, Since we believe it is unlawful under the statutes, we, on behalf of five petitioners, submitted a petition asking the Elections Commission to engage in a rulemaking to to basically write regulations that interpret and and implement the statute that makes it abundantly clear to everyone in the state of Wisconsin that ballot harvesting in Wisconsin is unlawful. And you're saying it's unlawful uh, for folks who might not be familiar with any laws that you're citing. If you could just summarize the argument that you would make, the legal argument you would make as to why sure. there should not be ballot harvesting in the state. 
Yeah, so, I mean, as you mentioned, ballot harvesting opens the door to a lot of uh, untold behaviors in elections. Uh, You can have Mm -hmm. coercion. You could have fraud, outright fraud. Um, You know, it's not just the door-to-door collection of ballots. Some people can host, like, a ballot party where everybody fills them in together, and people are looking over your shoulder to make sure you fill it in the right way. Uh, People could feel pressure to vote for a candidate they might otherwise not want to vote for, for example. Um, Wisconsin law provides that only an elector can request an absentee ballot. So a third party can't request it for them. Um, and Wisconsin law says that an elector must mail the ballot in, themselves or return it in person. Uh, the question is, you know, is, is returning it in person, uh, does, the, does that mean just the elector can return it in person or can a third party return it for them? You know, there's provisions in the statutes that allow for uh, exceptions to that, of course, things like if you're in the hospital or, you know, otherwise physically unable to, to, to make that uh, to, to transmit that ballot. But, you know, we just think it's important that everybody in Wisconsin play by the same rules and that we go into this fall election cycle with a, a rule book that is clear, that everybody understands, and that keeps our elections safe. As we're being joined here on the John Muir Show by Lucas Weber with uh, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and as you noted, the, there are some exceptions in place for some quite understandable circumstances that might arise in rare cases. But nonetheless, I the point you just made there are these political activists who not only want to uh in some cases help scores of people fill out their ballots and again uh you know pressure them or lecture them if they're not voting the right way uh but you know also you know they can request uh, the ballots for people i i mean you could have cases where you have someone, an activist, requesting ballots for all of these different people, clearly not like they're related to, to all these people, that it's just uh, individuals that they want ballots for with hopes that they can essentially fill those ballots out for those people, even if it's not what those people might actually want deep down. I, I mean, it, it just seems so wrong that if someone decides that they're not going to request a ballot, that they choose not to participate in the elections, that someone else would come along and say, uh, no, uh, that free choice you had about whether or not you want to participate in the election, I'm not going to allow you to make that choice. I'm going to tell you you have to vote anyway, and you have to vote the way that I want you to vote. I, I mean, just you know, when it's broken down like that on the surface, it, it's just horribly wrong what these people want to do with ballot harvesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Wisconsin's Constitution guarantees that all votes uh, in Wisconsin are by secret ballot. That's the same in most places, but in Wisconsin, we, we have it right very clear in our Constitution. And frankly, if you're going to allow ballot harvesting, uh, whether or not that ballot remains a secret ballot is, is kind of up in the air. Um, you know, is that person going to be looking over your shoulder while you fill it in? Is it, is it going to be, are you going to feel pressured to let somebody in and do that? Um, it's just all, all kinds of behavior that I, I don't think the Wisconsin electorate wants. Uh, our legislature, we believe, uh, wrote the laws in a way that prohibits it. We just are asking WEC to clarify that uh, by adopting a regulation. Uh, that says so, and and we can all move into the the fall election cycle knowing what the law is and uh, being confident in the outcome of our elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a really hard time if there's a, a Democrat Party activist going door to door. I have a really hard time seeing that activist turning in a, a ballot that's voting for Donald Trump, for example. I, I have a feeling that in a case like that, uh, the ballot would just be disregarded and mysteriously not make it to uh, the clerk's office to be counted in the election, which, of course, is horribly wrong. Uh, As we're being joined by Lucas Weber with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and while we're talking 
about the integrity of our elections in the state of Wisconsin, which of course is what it comes down to with uh, opposing ballot harvesting, maintaining integrity in our elections. Uh, The Wisconsin Institute has also challenged the Wisconsin Elections Commission's refusal to remove a six-figure number of ineligible individuals from the state of Wisconsin's voting rolls. And uh, even though a judge ordered uh, the WEC to do that last December, it still has not happened. Uh, Three members in particular on the WEC, the three Democrats on the body, uh, refused to follow the law, refused to follow the judge's order. Um, They ended up uh, cherry-picking a court that uh, sided with them and said, no, those people who are ineligible to vote do not need to be uh, removed from Wisconsin's voting roll. Recently, we got word that the highest court in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court, has agreed to hear the case. I mean, this should be common sense. I I can't believe it's dragged out this long. I I mean, the rule of law says that if you're not eligible to vote, you are to be removed from Wisconsin's voting roll. How is it that we're, what, six, seven months removed from the judge's order saying WEC start following the law? How is it that we're that far removed and still nothing's happened? It's just bewildering. Yeah, I I agree. We'd certainly like to see uh, this move quickly. Um, And as you noted, the Supreme Court did grant review on June 1st, so we are excited about that. Um, They gave us 30 days to file a brief, uh, and then the the other state, of course, will get to respond to that. But we're hoping uh, that we can get some kind of uh, decision from the court ahead of the fall elections. Of course, it's probably too late to get a decision from the court ahead of the August primary just because of when ballots have to start being mailed out for that. Um, But potentially we could get something by this fall. Uh, And in any event, this case hopefully will help clarify that law going forward and and make it clear that WEC has a duty when they receive reliable information that a voter has moved. You know, and this this information, again, comes from voters themselves. So when a voter themselves updates their address and says, I no longer live at this address, WEC has a duty to change their address in the voter registration file. They don't get to stay on the records for for years, which is what WEC had been proposing previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, as you said, we're hoping that this uh, this clarifies things moving forward, and, and hopefully we get a timely answer from the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys over at will, and, and you believe the same thing that I believe on this. Look, it doesn't matter what political candidate or what political party that this might help. We're just saying that we need integrity in our elections in the state of Wisconsin at all times. And these people who would be exactly. removed from the voting rolls, it doesn't matter if they're if they're all Biden voters, if they're all Trump voters, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what needs to win out is the rule of law. And the law says that these people should not be on the voting rolls. And again, even if it hurts Donald Trump, I would absolutely say remove all of these individuals from the voting rolls because I care more about the process than I do about a potential outcome. For various elites in the Democrat Party, not only in Wisconsin, but there are folks at the national level weighing in on what's happening in Wisconsin with this voting roll case. I I, I mean, these people, these Democrats are are totally opposed to the law being followed and the six-figure sum of people being removed from the voting rolls as they're legally supposed to be. What do you think it says about any politician that needs to resort to having ineligible individuals voting for them or having to resort to ballot harvesting? I mean, what do you think it says about those candidates and their confidence in they and their party's message? 
Yeah, well, I, I certainly think that anybody who's, uh, you know, relying on fraud to get elected is uh, is somebody who should not be in public office, of course. But, exactly. Um, you know, I think I think one of the main things we're seeing from a lot of people on the outside of Wisconsin who are weighing in on this, are, on our case, are people who simply don't understand how Wisconsin elections work. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Wisconsin, we make it, you know, easy to vote, but but hard to cheat. You know, you you can register to vote up to and including on Election Day. So any individual who finds themselves deactivated because they reported their own address as being different from their registration address can simply show up on Election Day and re-register to vote that day, then and there, get a ballot and vote. Um, you know, that there's nothing that's going to prevent anyone who's a lawful voter from voting. This just simply helps clean up our voting rolls and make sure that we don't have unlawful voters registered at the addresses uh, that are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when I when I read the the stories from the national level about your case uh, from CNN and the Washington Post, uh, you're absolutely right. It's clear they don't understand what's going on because clearly uh, the, the people who are writing those stories, who have written those stories, I have no mastery of the facts of the case whatsoever, and they're just making themselves look incredibly foolish by writing these stories in opposition to your lawful case. Uh, Lucas Weber with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Thank you so much for your time today, and for all it is that the Institute's trying to do to keep uh, integrity in our elections in the state of Wisconsin. We wish you guys all the best in uh, that noble effort and look forward to catching up with you soon again. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. Thank you. More of the John Muir Show coming your way on the other side of this break. It is 1019. This is the John Muir Show.